Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Board Game Barbarians. I'm your host, Andrew, and with me, as always, is the mother lover, Justin the Barbarian. Wow. Uh, I don't know how to comment on that and staying within the confines of the content we want to have on the show. So I'm just going to say hello. It's me. I'm here. <laughs> well, I'm not wrong. You love a mother. I do. I, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks everyone for sticking with us. I know it's been uh, two months, two months without a show. Don't ask me. I don't know. We've had. Oh, can don't be so hostile. <laughs> well, oh, I'm Jesus. upset. There's not been a show. <laughs> um, yeah, we haven't had a show in two months because of life. I mean, life I did shows. Just... I just didn't release them. They're my own private. Yeah, reels. It was just you going like, I know why, and then I played this game. Huh? Hi, Andrew. You know how like oh, Topher yeah. Grace has his own like personal cut of like uh, Star Wars or whatever it is. I've Does got he? The, the I've got uh, yeah. You didn't know this? No, I didn't know that. It's it's. I think it's Star Wars. It's either like the Hobbit movies or Star Wars or something. And Topher Grace like made his own personal fan cut of the movies. Wow. That is supposed to improve them. It's like the prequel trilogy or something. anyway. And he won't fucking I like. Wish I he had won't the, release it. I wish I had the time and money to cut my own movies. Well, when you star as the bad guy in Spider-Man Three, I mean, oh, yeah. you got the time. That's where that's where it came came from. All you know, his money. He was also in that prequel to that '80s show. I don't remember what it was called though. So, anyway, yeah. my point is, I have my own Justin Baker <laughs> oh, cut of Board Game Barbarians, and it's yeah. I have it, it's in my own private um, viewatorium. Even though, even though I never release my edits to you or my like, right. audio. Yeah, no, it's just me. It's my own yeah. private. You know, I feel like you see these. This is total tangent. I'm just gonna tangent us immediately. You see these, Do like it. you know, in, you know, in the movies, you see like the guy that's like, there's always like the like the the like cast out director watching his own films in his private studio, like smoking yeah. a cigarette and looking dramatic. That's me when I'm listening to my board game barbarians edits. Smoking just, a cigarette. It's just me over there, like I like flesh and blood. I'm like, oh, better times. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks everybody for sticking around and listening to us again. Uh, we appreciate your patronage. Patronage. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so we, we've been gone for a while. What have you been, uh, what you've been gaming on? <sighs> so much stuff. It's just, do we want to so just things. make this show? Do you want to just jump into it and that just be what we cover? Cause I'm good with that. <clears throat> yeah, let's just cover that. It's it's been a while. It's been long enough to where I feel like there's enough games that we can talk about uh, together, together, together. Um, and uh, we're not going to do board game news because I'm stopping that part of the show. That section <laughs> is not done. I feel like we did it just because we felt this drive to be topical. And yeah. I feel like ever since we started the show, we've been trying to get away from this need to feel topical. Right. Like, I don't feel like we care to feel topical. And I feel like we, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but I feel like it's important because board games, one, they're so diverse that being topical funnels you into this, like the BGG Hot 100. And that this is what you're talking about right here. Yeah. And then, and then also, like, board games don't change or go away. You know, like, I can play a board game from 15 years ago. And if it's on my shelf, it's exactly the same game it was. So right. why not talk about it now like it's new and exciting, you know? It's not like Unless, they're going to shut the servers down or something. like. But they could come out with a new and exciting version of that game, like the first <clears throat> game I'm going to talk about. Nice segue. Yes. Thanks for that. Uh, Key to the Kingdom. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So this was, who was this Restoration Games that did this? Restoration Games did a remake of Key to the Kingdom. And this wasn't like Kickstarter or anything. They just made this. This was kind of a... Yeah, they made it. They didn't kickstart it. I will uh, say, which is when, weird for restoration games. It is. It is kind of odd. Um, I I saw it and immediately hated the art. The art is trash, garbage. <laughs> like I don't think it's objectively bad art, but I think that Key to the Kingdom was kind of staunchly in that realm of like semi-realistic '80s fantasy style. Right, I and mean, that's the, what the, that's what made that game because it certainly wasn't the shitty gameplay, you know. It it was this like art in this board, and the the art on the board was as much a draw as the game. I feel like they did away with the cool '80s art 
for better yeah. gameplay. Yes. Um, and now they have like this cartoony. I, I feel like they were trying to make it more accessible to kids. Yeah, it seems very family friendly, like overly family friendly kind of stuff. Overly we're, family we're, friendly. Where instead of the, the challenges the being right like, oh, you go over a spike pit or fall and die, now it's like, oh, tap dance with a centaur and you get, and the glitter yeah. rains down. You know, like That's it's all like kind of silly. What it is. Yeah. There's still a snake pit, but there's no like getting bitten by snakes or like. I thought you could say there's no snakes in it. They just labeled yeah. it as a snake pit. They're all rubber snakes. <laughs> it's um, just worms, which are snake babies. Yeah. You know. <laughs> snake babies. <laughs> um but yeah they they did this this overly kid-friendly art style and and mechanic not like mechanics but theme game style theme style yeah and i got to play it tonight i i forced somebody to play it with me oh no how how was it i started out playing it incorrectly Okay. And the way that we were incorrectly playing the game was not fun and brutal. Mm-hmm. Like it was very terrible. Yeah. And then whenever I reread, like I was like, we're doing something wrong because this sucks. Mm-hmm. Like this is the, the fucking worst. Yeah. And I reread the rules and I was like, okay, so you have in the original game, you had all of your items, right? You had like your, your net, your grappling hook, your food, your sword your shield yeah for anybody that doesn't know the original game right you have a bunch of items and the way they fixed it um so i guess the first fix is the original game was who finds the key and gets out first right so you're going to you're traveling these different dungeons you see if there's a key in there no one gets to see what treasure you find in the dungeon and then you try to subtly make it to the exit with the key and you win the game um, and it's yeah. also worth pointing out the items were used to circumvent challenges on the board. So it'd be like, oh, instead, if, if you have the rope, you can use the rope to get over the snake pit. You don't need to roll to get past it. Yeah. Or like the you can use the food with the giant and the giant will let yeah. you pass. Yeah. Um, but you had the problem. The problem with the original key to the kingdom was once somebody got the key, it was pretty obvious that they had the key and they were making their way to the exit. Well, it's one of those games where you kind of circle around. So if there were three or four players and you were smart about it, you could sometimes get pretty close to the entrance before people are like, wait a minute, he has the key, you know? Yeah. And then once somebody has the key, it's a race to get to them to get the key from To take them. the key you from can, them. Yeah. You can steal it. Yeah. Um, and once you realize what everybody's stealing, it becomes this kind of shitty fest of just stealing <laughs> the key from each other. Can we? Can they? Will they put that quote on the box? Yeah, you know, shitty key fest. to the kingdom by restoration by restoration games. Shitty fest dash board game barbarians. This. Well, that's the thing is restoration games fixed that mechanic. Okay, so now so we need a new soundbite. Then can you say not a shitty fest? Yeah, restoration games not a shitty fest. Key to the kingdom. <laughs> there you go. Um, there's, the, there's the box quote. So now the new the new game has. Um, for one, it has companions that you can gather okay. from a deck of cards, and the companions, along with your food, help you defeat different challenges. Um, the challenges are easy to defeat without the companions once you figure out that you're able to um, use your items to adjust your rolls. Uh-huh. So each item has a different number that you can plus or minus your rolls with. Okay. And each challenge is just you rolling the dice to see if you complete it. So now the items are universal and the challenges are universal. It's all the same universal challenge. The challenges are different. Like in some challenges will be like, uh, like the ice cave. rolling a certain number. Yeah. Kind of like it's the originals in, it, did. It all in, involves rolling dice. So like the ice cave is there's like five steps and you have to roll um, low on your first roll. And then in order to progress... You have to roll higher than the last roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other ones that are like you have to roll the exact number, plus or minus. Yeah. Yeah. Basic board game stuff. Right. Um, and when you complete these challenges, you get a piece, like a puzzle piece of the key. There's three pieces uh, to the key. Well, 
That's upsetting to me. But, well, let me continue. So they've removed the entire hidden element of who did or didn't get the key from the dungeon. Correct. Okay. So each person can get their own key to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. What happens is once you get a complete three-piece key, and each challenge um, gives you a different piece, basically, Mm -hmm. you go to the whirlpool, and the whirlpool... World whirlpool. I don't know. I can't say that word. There you go. You got it. Uh, t- transfers you to the who was the the Black Knight um, in the original. I don't remember. I, I thought he was just called the Black Knight, but yeah, yeah. Basically, like he is the key of he is the king of the kingdom. Okay, and well, your knight, key allows so you to fight him. Yeah. Okay. Can't so be king of a knight. To, so. Right, he's not. He's not referred to okay. as a knight. Well, you know, right, you could well. be. You know, <laughs> no, you can't. You can't be a you king be and a knight. knight. They're two different and titles. And then become a king. It's right. be a knight and then become a king. Right, but then you would cease. You would cease to be the knight. Anyway, so then you go to, <laughs> you go to the Dark Lord's castle, <clears throat> and you fight three challenges by rolling dice, and then you have to fight him. Um, and you have to roll over a 20 in order to beat him and you okay. can use all of your, uh, usually you can only use one item, mm-hmm. but when you fight him, you can use the plus or minus of all your items to try to defeat him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a space where you land on it. You get a different die. So usually it's a D eight that you're rolling with. Mm-hmm. And this die has two zeros, a one, a three, a five, a seven, and an eleven. I think mm-hmm. that's the right. So you get an improved um, die, basically. Well, it has two zeros on it. I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, like it sounds a, a lot die. like they they didn't. I don't know, man. This sounds not fun. Like it sounds not um, great. It sounds like something would be fine to play with, like a ten year old. You know, yes. which I guess that's what they're going for. Right. But like the original is not a good game mechanically. But it does have that. But it does have that like radical '80s fantasy aesthetic that like it it makes it worth sitting down to play to the table, you know. And I feel I think it does if you have the nostalgia for it. I think bringing somebody new to Key to the Kingdom to the to the old Key to the Kingdom um, nowadays as an adult would be like this game sucks. (laughs) Like, My hope was that they would do the new one in such a way that you could take the revised rule set and just apply it to the old game. But it sounds like that's not an option, really. With, with it's not. I have. don't think that's an option. And I think I think it would have made the game would have been made a lot better if it ha- had the same old '80s style. Yes, if it was theme. that and these slightly revamped rules, I'd be all over it. Right. But it's like, but it's not. Yeah. And I think both me and my friend were like, well, well, we had a good time with it. Like we had fun playing right. it. Once we right. stopped the original, the way that we were playing it, where the rules kind of were shitty. Yeah. Where you could only modify your first die roll. Oh, okay. So that's and then every good. other die roll after that was like luck, basically. And it was so it, it was real bad. It sounds like so we it's said in like, the same. Go ahead. I was gonna say yeah. if it's if it's like if you're a parent. And your kid is learning to count. This would be a fun, like an, a legitimately fun game for them. I'm a parent, and my kid's learning to count. You <laughs> and you would be able to have. I think you would have fun with it too. If you want my copy, I'll give it to you. I I don't think I do, man. <laughs> I like, think it's a fun game for kids. I think it would it be a fun like game. It sounds like it's one kid. of those games where it's in the camp of like sorry or Jenga or you know just kind of one of those classic board games where you're like it's fine. You know, I'm not going to bring it to board game day, but it's fine to have on the shelf or you know ticket to ride or something I mean, where it's I just like I would probably you know, bring it to board game day to give to you. I guess well yeah, I guess cuz I love the original. <laughs> well, I don't love it cuz the game sucks. I love looking at the original. <laughs> right. But I think I think it would be something to where we could have we could have one game of fun and be like, oh, that was fun. And then <laughs> I would, would give it to be? you and be like, have your kid play it. And I'd be like, no, I've been playing better games with my kid, which I might get into. Oh. But first, I want to talk about Tiny Epic Dungeons. Okay. Uh, this we is a new play... Tiny Epic game. No, what? it's not. Okay. No, 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 no. Kingdoms? I, I what think... did we play? 
We did not play Kingdoms. I can't remember what it's called, but and I can't see it on my shelf because it's so tiny. Get it? Tiny, tiny. epic castles? <laughs> no. Um, Adventure? I got tiny. I don't remember. Something like that. Um, I, okay. I got tiny epic dungeons. Um, and I just grabbed it on a whim. I was at a board game store uh, uh, buying something else. Me and my wife were in the uh, arts district in Dallas, just kind of walking around, drinking nice. coffee and, and, and having like a, a, I guess, a date day. And I, I was like, hey. And you're like, honey, um, let me ruin this by going to a board game store. <laughs> we, <laughs> that is what I sound like when I'm with my wife. Yeah. I know. We that's were why in the I car. Did. We were in the car driving there, and we, I was talking about card games, because this is all I talk about, um, yeah. and and she was like, she was kind of oh expressing... Oh my God, she, shut up about card she, games. <laughs> she was like, I wish, she was like, I wish I had a card game I liked, you know, I just don't like the whole competitive, like, I wish it was kind of more cooperative, and I'm like, let me tell you about all the cooperative card games. Um, and I sold her on, <laughs> I sold her on Arkham Horror, and she was yeah. like, that sounds good. And while we're there, I was like, hey, before we leave, let's see if there's a board game store nearby. We could pick up the Arkham Horror revised core set. Um, and she's like, okay. And we're like sitting there in the car, like, where is this at? Trying to figure out where, because we're in the middle of Dallas and we, you know, we're, we're hillbilly folk now. We can't, we can't get around in Dallas. <laughs> and we're looking at the map and we're like, where the fuck is this place? And literally we turn our heads slightly to the left and it's like, oh, it's right there. Like literally <laughs> it was in front of us. And you pull out your banjo and you're like, and so we go in there and I just saw it sitting on the table and it was like $30. And I was like, $30 in board game terms is basically free. You know, they're pretty much giving it to me. Um, so sure. I got it. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I got it and... I, I wasn't really looking for much with it. Just an easy, small... Because my thing, what I love about the Tiny Epic games is we do board game day all the way in Waco. And anything that is small and fun that I can fit in my bag is exciting to me. It doesn't even have to be great or the best game in its genre. It just needs to mm -hmm. be portable enough that I'm going to carry it to fucking Waco. Which is why there's we don't a, play Gloomhaven. Because it weighs 75 pounds. Somewhere. They're somewhere. And I have to connect like a special, <laughs> like a U-Haul to my fucking car to pull gloomhaven to waco <laughs> oh i thought that was the dick joke oh yeah i gotta put a u-haul on my car to pull my dick to waco <laughs> anyway um I, I played it by myself and and it was pretty it's pretty fun uh it's a tile laying so you get a little uh dungeon deck and you lay the tiles and you basically just pick one of several standard fantasy classes. You wander through this dungeon fighting enemies. Uh, eventually, you fight a couple of like mini bosses, and then you fight the big main boss. Um, so, like the big scenario card flips over, and it's got the main boss, and it's actually its own little room that you can go in. It's very cool and cute, like all the tiny epic games. That sounds like a way better version of Vast. It, um, what was Vast? Was Vast the leader games one? Vast was the leader games one where you flip over the tiles and you like are in a dungeon. Yeah, we didn't love that. What it feels like is a way better version of Dungeon Quest to me. You take that back. Which <laughs> I knew would offend you. <laughs> but that's what it feels like to me. Um, it's very fun. It's very thematic. Um, it's a pretty hard game. Uh, the dungeon crawl itself is pretty hard. Um... I had a good time with it. I, I played two characters, and then I had a board game day with actually one of our Discord uh, people in the board game Barbarians. How dare Discord. you? I know. Well, you were unavailable, so I I just found someone, mm -hmm. and yeah. um, right. I'll talk more about what we played later. But while, while we were there, we played Tiny Epic Dungeons, um, just because we had played a bunch of card games. Um, we played some Netrunner, and man, <laughs> Netrunner's so good. It's just every time I play Netrunner, I'm like, this game is just so... It's so good, Andrew. It's so thematic. All I'm hearing is that you replaced me, and you had a better time without God, me I there. wish I could replace you, because you're just so busy. So I... <laughs> I, 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 I we played time. He was like, well, what else did you bring? I'm looking for, like, a card game palette cleanser. Um, and I was like, well, I brought this Tiny blood. Epic Dungeons. And he goes, well, let's play that. It was either that or the Duke. Those were the two small box games I put in there. Yeah. And... <laughs> We, we had a blast with it. Um, it was cooperative, so we cheated pretty constantly. Uh, there was a lot of just like, oh, well, this happens and we lose. And I'm like, well, it doesn't happen. You know, when you're playing cooperative <laughs> games. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And halfway through the first dungeon, like we were losing so bad that we were like, hey, let's restart. 
Um, and we had a pretty good time with it. We fought the dragon for the last boss, and it's it's I would say it's like a solid B plus dungeon crawler. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's not going to blow you away. If you're like super into descent already, or you're a big Gloomhaven person, like you probably don't need it. But if you just want like a really good small box dungeon crawler, right. like I, I would put it in my in my bag next to something like One Deck Dungeon, which is another fantastic small dungeon crawler. Um, yeah. It was it was it was a pretty good time. Um, I almost bought the expansion for it and ended up buying other things. But all of this to say. I also picked up the Arkham Horror card game revised set and the first expansion in the Versed Investigator spa- expansion and some acrylic tokens <laughs> oh, and Jesus. acrylic boards and three sets of Matt Clear on. Dragon Shields. No! What? So, Tiny Epic Dungeon, right? That's what it's called? Mm-hmm. 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 Is the expansion Small Epic Dungeon? No, it is Tiny Epic Dungeon Stories. Lame. <laughs> I knew it would break your heart. That's why I didn't say it. <laughs> so I picked up Arkham Horror. Um, me and my I wife have too. been my, me and my wife have been playing through that very slowly. Um, we're enjoying it. Um, I, I had never really looked at Arkham Horror because I don't give any kind of a shit about the theme, the Cthulhu horror theme. I could just I know care less don't. about it. It saddens me. <laughs> but the actual card game in it is really fun. Um, so we've played a few scenarios now. We're having a good time. We bought the first expansion. Uh, we're about to finish the base game with the third scenario. We're really slow rolling it. Um, and it's just, it's a good, it's a good time, man. What a fun, cooperative game. What I really like is that the scenarios are not pass fail. They're very much just like, oh, where do you adventure? Yeah, well, it's like, hey, what when you, when when it ended, what was going on? Did you find the person? Did you do this thing? You were supposed to collect this thing. How many of them did you get? Um, and you just answer in the thing, and just and it stuff just happens. The story happens, you know. Yeah. Um, and I really like that in a cooperative games because because I feel like a lot of the times you're playing a cooperative game because you're playing with someone that is not super into the like competitive number crunchy aspect of tabletop games. And so they want something that one isn't competitive, but also two isn't necessarily pass fail. They just want to have a good time, you know? Yeah. And I think Arkham is great for that, at least in my limited experience so far. Um, I mean, from what, from what I've played, cause I've only played one scenario cause I also first one. played it, played it with my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and she enjoyed it. I don't think to the extent that your wife enjoyed it. Yeah. She was more like, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm over there like, that was great. Yeah. No, it was like, really fun. A- I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited that like you and your wife play it. Like several people I know play it. So now I can show up with my deck, my dude and be like, Hey, let's play a scenario with my, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's exciting but to me. But can we play with the same guy? Sure. Who fucking cares? That's a good point. It's We're cooperative. Who gives a shit? I was talking to Pablo, in, and I was talking about... My wife gets really bummed out on the bag, so you have to draw from the bag. It effectively is like the the, the randomization for, of the game. For those that don't know, Pablo is the editor of Retro Warriors, which is a show you should go check out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot we're not on one of my shows. Um, and he was like, and so my wife gets really bummed out that there's an auto fail in the bag. Like it, 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 it hurts her when she draws it. She's like, this is not fair. And Pablo yeah. was talking to me and I, I don't know why it never fucking occurred to me. Um, he was like, yeah, man, I just take that shit out of the bag when I play. And what? I was like, I was like, oh, like a white, <laughs> I guess I fucking could, couldn't I? And he's like, yeah, man, I take that shit out. I add in some plus two things. Like I do whatever I want. And and what he was talking about is he was talking about how he admired how scalable the difficulty is because of the bag. The bag makes all the difference. And you can adjust the bag, not just according to the easy, medium or hard settings, but according to whatever you want to make up for things like maybe you're a shitty deck builder. Maybe you don't like having auto fails. Maybe you just want the game to be super duper easy all the time. And it has yeah. that that like release valve built into it of just like you can adjust this difficulty however you want. Um, like like it, if it, like if me and you and our wives sat down and we're like, hey, let's just play a super cash game. I'd take that auto fail out, throw in a couple plus twos, and be like, let's just have a fun fucking casual game that will for sure win. You know, like that's yeah. that's exciting. That's cool. You can have a fun thematic time without having to be like hardcore card gamer at people. You know. <laughs> 
Well, I know the game that we played like was fun for me because I was playing the the detective guy. Yeah, that's who I landed on. I played Skids O'Toole first, didn't love him. Now I'm on the detective, and I just I actually just used my experience to buy a fucking shotgun. So I'm like so excited nice. to shotgun some monsters with it. But I, I had that guy who's supposed to be good at like fighting stuff. And yeah. then my wife was like the waitress, the psychic waitress. Yes. That's who that's that's who my wife's playing. Um and some uh, Mary Baker, something Baker. Something I like think that. So, yeah. yeah. And I it was funny, like whenever we were playing she kept running into monsters and I did not run into any monster. Like I ran yeah. into like one monster yeah. and she was like, what is this happening to me? And I had to go like, <laughs> I like was just off in the attic, like finding clues, like, and then yeah. came back and like fought her monster with her. Um, and then, It's hard and to then play was with. Fine. I've gathered that it's hard to play with someone that's playing the detective because the detective deck is like. He's like the Mario of Arkham Horror. He's the one that does everything pretty good. He's pretty yeah. good at everything. And and it's hard for people that don't play a lot of card games to play a deck that is very good at a couple things and understanding that out of the gate. It's it's hard to have right. that understanding. Usually that's something you build up over time and you want to play just kind of a general good deck. And there's really kind of only the one in the base deck of just all around good deck. Well, I have like a weird, a weird history with the Arkham Horror uh, deck building game because yeah. uh, I had a I had a friend that gave me the two player game. Um, years like two years ago. Yeah, he owned it. He was like, "Hey, here's a present for you. You can just have it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to be the best deck building game like of all yeah. time, and uh, to have fun." And then I never played it. And then he asked for it back because they did an April Fool's joke where they released an expansion where all of the characters are dogs. <laughs> Perfect. And he was like, my wife wants that, so we're going to take it back from you. And yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and now I want that expansion. <laughs> I'm sure it's crazy expensive. Probably. We're kind of doing the revised thing. I'm just going to buy all the revised stuff because I don't want to buy it. Like the old release model of like, here's eight different investigator packs and then a $30 expansion. Like, just give me the fucking, the big box of the scenario stuff and the little box of the investigator stuff. And that's all I want. And so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm buying in going forward, but that's, that's where I am on Arkham. Did you have another game before I jump into, I've got many, many games to discuss. I wanted to talk about the, uh, the tokens and the <clears throat> character card holders that you purchased for yes. Arkham Horror. I purchased acrylic tokens and player boards from Team Covenant. Um, and one, I bought it from them because I, I have many card game subscriptions through Team Covenant. So they're kind of my like already my go to you know shop that right. I buy from. Um, but they also sell these player boards and they're themed according to certain expansions, right? And so each expand, like Edge of the Earth expansion just came out. So they came out with like a white, snowy, Arctic themed player board that fits your card. It's got slots for their custom health and horror tokens. And then a little spot to put in your clue tokens and your money and stuff as you accrue them. Um, and I'm really super into like Mesoamerican stuff. Right. And they had one board that was based on the like like uh, uh, Aztec expansion that they have. And so I bought that one because it looked fantastic. Uh, and my it wife bought my, my wife bought one based on some other expansion. I don't know which expansion it's for, so I couldn't tell you. Um, but I, I, I really what I've learned about myself is part of enhancing my card game experience is having nice, very nice tokens and player boards and stuff. I like having mm. that. Um, I, I it, it kind of it makes me think a lot about like people that play a lot of um, miniatures games, how they like having very nicely painted miniatures. It's the same kind of thing where it's just like. Having your game look nice on the table does make it feel good, you know. Like it's, it, I don't want to say more fun, you know, but it's very right. satisfying, you know. It, it feels, it feels very premium, you know. Premium, very premium. I um, have a question for you about about yeah. the tokens. Yes, uh, and I'm this ready. is a, a comment on, um, on Team Covenant. Because okay. I have I have the the tokens for flesh and blood. Yeah. Uh, did they come with the shitty paper? <laughs> oh my like, god, they did. Covers and it's so many tokens. 
and I was sitting there cut, peeling them, and like I felt like my fingers were going to start bleeding because they're, they're like acrylics. I, I they come with they come with that masking tape on them, and then I figured yeah. out. I figured out halfway through peeling that my fucking fingers hurt. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then halfway through, I took one of the peeled off masking tapes and I stuck it to one that wasn't peeled. And it pulled the fucking thing right the fuck off. Oh and I did God. the rest of them in like 10 seconds. And I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> I remember I whenever I so got the, the flesh and blood ones. Yeah. And I asked you about it and you were like, oh, I made my kid do that. <laughs> Yeah, I did make my kid peel all the masking tape off my tokens. God, what a pain in the ass. I mean, I understand it's there to protect the tokens, and that's cool. Right. And well, it's, a, it's, it's also, I believe when they cut acrylic, it, acrylic comes in that. it's It's got to be masking taped. It, like, protects the acrylic while okay. cutting. I think it's so it doesn't chip. I don't really know anything about acrylic, but it's something to do with the manufacturing process of acrylic in general, because I've gotten a lot of acrylic stuff that always has that paper sticky paper on it such a pain in the ass to take yeah. that, take that stuff off um go ahead no what was your next game? i'm i'm i've got more stuff um the the i've been following this game called sorcery since um sometime last year i kind of casually mm-hmm. joined their discord and i've been sort of casually paying attention to it it is a tcg and uh it is it is uh put out by this guy named eric olafson and uh, you you may or may not know him. He was one of the creative directors for Grinding Gear Games that put out Path of Exile. And he kind of came out and was like, hey, I'm going to be releasing this card game. And then just sort of didn't really say much for several months at a time. And uh, the but the the Kickstarter for it went live. <clears throat> yeah. And it became the most funded card game ever on Kickstarter. Um, I think the previous record was slightly below a million dollars and they just broke four million for Sorcery TCG. Jesus. So in the card game realm, very good, right? Obviously other Kickstarters are significantly more massive, but for TCGs. Um, And what drew me to it initially was the art. Um, It's extremely... They've got... got, I mean, legendary fantasy artists. They, one of my favorites, Jeff Easley, he did a ton of art for AD&D 2nd Edition, a ton of cover art for like RPG manuals in AD&D 2nd mm-hmm. Edition. They've got Melissa Benson in there. They've just got, I mean, absolutely megaton legendary fantasy artists making art for their game. Um, and they have this, I guess it's a requirement, but all of the art for the game is not digital. It's a physical painting and this is how card games used to be done back in the day um because we didn't people didn't have you know fucking uh wacom ta- tablets and stuff and photoshop yeah. and everything yeah and wacom yeah w- w- wacom the the little drawing tablets i always i always pronounced it wacom yours sounds better than mine but i like yeah. i like wacom wacom sounds like a jerk off of wacom <laughs> wacom it sounds like the name of characters from like a sex themed porn video game, you know, like <laughs> whack them and beat them. Like they're two friends yeah. that hang out with each other. Best and, friends, whack them and beat them. Anyway. Um, so be, they, they, they've required that all the art for this game be real physical painted art. Yeah. That they that digitize. They, that they then digitize. Right. Um, and that means a couple things. One, it means the art has a very distinct kind of, old school sort of flavor um also because they're sourcing kind of old school fantasy artists um uh but also it's taking them fucking forever to get anything done uh because it's so much slower than just fucking emailing a jpeg right um but the art for it is just incredible it is it is a grid based um tcg so it is a trading card game with randomized booster packs um you you uh, on the grid the mana system is you play physical land that goes into each slot and then once there's a land there it counts as your mana every turn but you can also play a creature onto the land that you've now created for them to physically be on um and and they brought in like um they 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 struck some deal with frank frazetta's uh, estate where they've got frazetta art in the game and frazetta's like I mean, one of the most legendary fantasy artists ever to grace the planet. Is that the Conan guy? 
he did many Conan covers. Uh, uh, he's 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 pretty well known for um, uh, doing a lot of pulp covers and stuff like that. And he's one of those fantasy right. artists that, like, if you look up his most famous paintings, um, his most famous painting is Death Dealer by far that he's ever done. Um, it was a Molly Hatchet album cover. If anyone fucking knows Molly Hatchet in 2022, yeah. I doubt it. Um, I'm sure somebody knows Molly Hatchet. But but it it anyway. Um, but what excited me about the game, because I already play so many card games that it's like, how do I have the time? Well, let me tell you how I have the time. Um, it, it enforces this certain level of casual play, right? Yeah. Um, one, they stated up front, they're like, hey, we aren't looking to make a balanced competitive card game. It's just okay. a fun card game, crazy art. Let's have fun. Have a good time. Um, but then they have a few rules. So in deck building... The rarity of a card determines how many of it you can have in your deck. Mm-hmm. And what that means is the rarer cards are going to be better, but you by default have to have less of them. And so it means that your more powerful cards are going to be substantially less less uh, uh, consistent throughout the course of a game. Um, and, Which and it's, they have in like magic. Well, no, you can have... Uh, three of any rarity of card and magic. You can't have planeswalkers. Um, yeah, I, I guess I guess for that, but um, I mean you could still have them, but when you play them, they destroy previous iterations yeah. of themselves, don't they? Um, right. and then like as far as the what is the highest rarity in magic? Mythic is it mythic? Um, I think so. like you can have a full playset of mythic cards in sorcery. It's like oh, our highest rarity you can have one of in your deck. It's called unique. That's the rarity you can have one. Yeah. Um. So it, it kind of limits it a little bit that way. Also, it's a two-deck system. So all of your your um, locations, your sites, are their own separate deck. And at the beginning of the game, you draw three cards from your spell book, which is your creatures and spells, and three from your site deck, which is your locations that you play that count as your mana. And mm-hmm. on your turn, whenever you start your turn, you choose whether you want to draw from your spell book or your sites, which one means you always have access to mana. Um, as much or as little as you need, which is great. That's just fantastic. Um, and all of the sites have uh, um, abilities on them when they come out, so you can kind of play around there. Um, but that also means that you rarely go through your whole deck in a game. It would be very <laughs> strange were you to go through your entire spellbook in a game. So you can only have one of the rarest car- each of the rarest cards in the game. And you're not going to go through your whole deck in a game. And what that has has kind of played out, because I've played a few games of it now, is that every time you play your deck, it's almost like you're playing different decks because you see totally different cards. You're like, mm-hmm. I didn't see this card at all last game. This is crazy. I didn't even know this was in my deck. <laughs> and it creates a very kind of, um, it reminds me a lot of the way, like, I feel like we all played Magic when we were like 12 you know, yeah. of just like, here's my random shit. I'm going to put it in a fucking deck. I'm not worried about consistency. I don't know. Every now and then there's some crazy bomb card. It's just fine. It's fine. It's great. Um, And and I'm very excited you about it. You say when it's, you're 12, but that's like an experience for me when I was 18 because I didn't start playing <laughs> okay, Magic. Well, I was, like, <laughs> I was 12 for me. <laughs> um, but it's this thing where it's just, it kind of creates this environment of, it feels very, like a very old school TCG, but mm. it doesn't feel shitty like an old school TCG. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's got some kind of crunchier edges, um, but it plays pretty good. Uh, and I'm I'm very excited for it. I, w- I I did go in on the Kickstarter. I got two boxes and the starter decks coming, and uh, I got a two player play mat. Um, nice. And and I'm hoping it just kind of becomes like my sort of casual, super cash kind of game. I'm probably going to build a cube out of it and just sort of force it on people of like, hey, let's open open these cards and and play with them. And the art on them. The art is amazing. Honestly, if the Kickstarter was just like, hey, here's a bunch of fantasy artist art cards and it wasn't a game at all, I would still buy it because the yeah. art is fantastic. Jeff Easley is just one of my fucking favorites, man. He puts out incredible art. I was most excited for your Kickstarter purchase because you now out of the two of us have the most money that you spent on a Kickstarter. Uh, so yeah. I no longer have that <laughs> title. And I can I feel good about myself. <laughs> I spent $350 on this Kickstarter. Yeah, you're $500, 500 Jesus, $50 more than me. 
Yeah. Oh, was 300 your maximum? This yeah, is the biggest was the Kickstarter I've ever kickstarted. It's the most I've ever put on a Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for Sorcery. Uh, it's, it's very... I feel like it's very specifically looking for people that are like, oh, are you like a you know, long-time card game player, but you don't have time to keep up with, like, a heavily competitive game or rather more than one heavily competitive game because I play Flesh and yeah. Blood, then here's a game to just kind of kick around. It'll be fun. I'm very excited for it. It's going to be a good time. I, um, before you get into your next thing, because I don't really have much more to go on. So much more. I've, do- I've done literally three out of my seven items. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I bought um I bought another unmatched. I bought the Marvel Unmatched that comes with Luke Cage, uh Ghost Rider and Moon Knight. Every time I see Unmatched in the store, I'm like, I hope Andrew bought that one. I can't wait to play that when he brings it to board game day. <laughs> I own it I own it all except yeah. for the Buffy the Vampire Slayer one. Yeah. Well, I don't really care about that one, but No one good. does. That's good. I assume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bought it. I haven't gotten to play it yet. I, I bought it, sleeved it, um, and it stays in its own box because I don't have room for it in my other yeah. boxes because yeah. the the fucking the miniature for uh, Ghost Rider is so fucking huge that it will not fit in my Plano box that I have all my miniatures. Is it in. because he's on a motorcycle? He's on a fucking motorcycle, and then there's like there's like fire coming out of it. Flames, yeah. There's like flames coming out of the back of it, and I'm like, this thing is so huge that it's not like it's astounding that I can fit three Raptors in a Plano box, yeah. But I can't fit fucking Ghost Moon Knights like jumping in the air with like moons coming off of him, and then Luke Cage is doing whatever the fuck he's doing. But like, Yeah. yeah. I, I can't I can't fit them in a Plano box, so I have to haul another box around with me. Oh boy! Um, yeah, you could just uh, draw I mean, a picture of Ghost Rider on a quarter and just throw it in your fucking box, and I mean all that matters. Yeah, but then is the I cards, defaced right? U.S. currency, and, 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 <laughs> and that. that's a federal crime. I don't want to admit to that on the air. So just gonna... <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I I've gotten that. I haven't, I haven't gotten to play them yet. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Moon Knight looks like a fucking trip. Like, yeah, he just he's got weird three deck. different. Yeah, he's got three different player cards. Oh, weird. So every card has like every character has a single player card, and Moon Knight has three different player cards for his three different personalities. I love Moon Knight because, and I don't know if he's always been depicted this way in the comics, but he's basically just like, oh, it's a crazy person. Like, yeah, I, 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 I so it's it's all he's always interesting. Whatever happens, you know, yeah. Um, I'm excited for uh, next month, I believe, Batman Arkham City Chronicles Season 3 hits Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, It comes with a revised uh, manual. Oh, it only took them how long to fix the fucking manual? Like three years, four years. (laughs) Uh, Which you can get, they've released it publicly. Yeah. Okay, digitally well, so you can already so download that so i can already download it but i want a physical copy because i'm insane um yeah. and uh it also comes with in like the season three is going to have an rpg mm-hmm. a batman rpg which i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to uh and then they've already released that they're going to release more uh boards right which they didn't do in season two um so I'm I'm looking forward to season three. I'm probably gonna get get into that. Well, I, do. I just as, hope you spend three hundred and fifty one dollars on it because then yeah, I, I'll I spend three fifty one on it. <laughs> that way, I'll take the title of, <laughs> of the most spent. Um, I want to talk about an RPG, uh, and that is the Root RPG. <clears throat> yes, I told you about which that. I I remember I said I wasn't gonna get. I didn't kickstart it. I have everything else. Root has everything. Root like the board game. I have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't need the RPG 2. It's not on fantasy grounds, which means I won't play it with my group, which means there's no point in having it. Right. But and now then, if we have an in-person game, you can force us all to play the roof. <laughs> it was in one. the store, and I, so I bought it. You know, I'm not going to not buy it. 
And so I, I, I picked it up, um, really knowing nothing about the system. And it uses a system called Powered by the Apocalypse. Um, okay. And it is possibly one of the most exciting RPG systems I've encountered in many years, which is which is really saying something. I think I'm at, we did the math the other night. I think I'm at 19 years of playing Why? Uh, tabletop RPGs. Why like is what? it the most exciting? Well, it's because it's got little animals in it. Oh, okay. So that's, that's it. it. That's all it took. No, um, so the entire game is is extremely narrative focused. Everything that is not narrative is abstracted out of the game entirely. Okay. Um, so anything where it's like fiddling with your inventory or your equipment or or um making random rolls on tables to determine little piddly things or or things like travel like okay you travel one mile westward what is your pace during your travel okay it literally so to think about like an evening playing in D <clears throat> in general in a four-hour game you'll have you know a couple, uh, uh, maybe like a dozen moments that are like, oh, these were like our dozen like cool set piece moments. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the time, you're preparing spells, you're comparing statistics on equipment, you're, you're, you're being like, okay, well, what if I do an investigation check? Okay, why well, can I roll that again at advantage? Just little, you're, you're basically just interacting with the rules in these little tiny crunchy mechanical ways, right? Right. Or in combat, you're like, okay, roll for initiative. Now it's their turn. Now you attack. Now you roll your attack roll. Now you roll your damage roll. Now they roll their attack roll. It's just, it's a lot of fiddly bits. Um, It cuts all of that out and just leaves you with the 12 set piece moments that you had for the evening. Nice. And the GM never rolls dice ever for any reason. Okay. In combat, and if he does. He's punished. <laughs> then he has to quit forever. In combat, <laughs> um, there is no initiative. There's no turn order. There's no anything like that at all. The way it works is is it operates on this system of um, you roll two d six, and anything <laughs> anything seven to nine. So anything six or below is a miss. Anything seven mm-hmm. to nine, you succeed, but there are negative consequences. Anything ten or above on two d six, you you succeed with no negative consequences. And you are only supposed to roll dice whenever you are having to determine something that you don't know the answer to. So let's say you enter a clearing, and I go, "Oh, there's this, a pile of leaves in this clearing," and you go, "All right, I want to search it." In D and D, I'd be like, "All right, how are you searching?" Okay, now make a search check. Well, you know, uh, investigation Perception check. Now make an investigation check. And then someone else is like, oh, well, I want to use my bardic inspiration to give him a plus D4. And it's like, all right, so now we've got this check going on and we're going to check and I'm going to compare it to a DC. It's a whole thing. <laughs> in in this Powered by the Apocalypse system, you go, I want to search it. And I go, okay, you search it. Here's what you find. Here's what's in the fucking thing. Yeah. Um, And the way combat works is is fascinating. So... You walk into a room, there's a goblin there, he charges at you. What do you do, right? All right, I draw my sword and I attack. Great, give me a dice roll. You rolled a seven through nine. Okay, that means you hit him. I'm going to narrate you hitting him, but there's a negative consequence too because you rolled seven through nine. And so usually that means the goblin will, you know, or I guess in this instance, the, you know, Marquis de Cat character or whatever, you know, the vagabond um, will attack you back or some other negative consequence. Maybe you drop your sword. Maybe you trip. Maybe something happens, you know, uh, something minor. They're called soft moves. Um, And then that's it. They they don't get a turn. What they do is dependent on how much you do or don't succeed on what you're doing. Okay. And so it creates this really conversational tone. I've only played one session of it and it was with my six-year-old and, (laughs) and she had a fucking blast. It was yeah. fantastic. Um, and, and it was just really like, it's super free form. It's super narrative focused. There's there's like the minimum amount of rules that you need to narrate only the interesting parts of a tabletop RPG, which is so exciting to me because I feel like 
I've spent so many years spending so much time in these tabletop RPGs being like, okay, well, if you hold a log sword in both hands, you technically get additional damage because that makes it a hand and a half sword. It's all that fucking shit is gone. It's gone. Monster statistics are literally boiled down to like they deal. They have they can take this much damage and they deal this much damage and goodbye. Yeah. And that's like making an NPC in it. You just be like, all right, how many injury boxes do they have? Well, how many morale boxes do they have? How many exhaustion boxes do they have? What's their name? Done. I'm done with it. I made it up. I made it up right now. Yeah. Um, as far as the root specific portion of the root RPG, also very exciting. Um, it very much plays to the the world of the board game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the same factions. It's the Woodland Alliance. It's the Erie Dynasty. It's the Marquis de Cat, which are the factions from the root base game. And all of the players are vagabonds. Um, character creation. My daughter did it. It took her like eight minutes, um, not counting the 30 minutes she spent drawing her character. Yeah. Um, literally, you they call them playbooks. You just you you get a, a character sheet and you just go through and you check boxes for like this is what my character has. It takes literally like five minutes. Nice. And then you're off and running. Um, and and the root specific stuff is like, well, everything operates by clearings because on the root board, all of the different sites are connected. They're called clearings. And they're connected by pathways. And I spent about an hour generating names for all of the clearings on my regular root board game board. Um, mm-hmm. Who's in control of them right now? You know, a couple of denizens that live there right now, a couple of landmarks. And then I prepared no adventure whatsoever. I just plopped her into the game and I had already, we're using the root board game board and, and I had generated enough information that I could then roll on this random table of like, Hey, you know, someone has a request and the request was go defeat someone. And I looked at the board and I said, well, the clearing you're in is not controlled by any faction, but the next clearing over is controlled by the Marquis de Cat. So Mm -hmm. let's say this person you're talking to wants you to go defeat some type of captain in that clearing for the Marquis de Cat because um, they're worried they're going to invade this clearing that they don't control. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, did, I didn't narrate it that way because that's extremely boring. But in my head, that's what I did, right? She goes over there. Right. She ends up defeating the guy, sneaking to a guard tower. Um, she chases him off. And so now she has changed the ownership of that clearing on the board. And so it, it, it creates this scenario of you're kind of individually acting out like small portions of what you're doing in the overall root board game, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but it, what, what it, it's just really good at creating this world that you can jump in and play without any prep or anything. And you can have these different forces and factions ebbing and flowing in a way that is interesting built into a system that is completely focused on narrative. And I'm, I, I was so excited by this power by powered by the apocalypse system that I went and bought Dungeon World, which is a more traditional Western fantasy D&D style of tabletop RPG fueled by the same basic system. There are some minor differences, um, mm-hmm. but I'm 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 like like still I still love my crunchy tabletop games. But man, this this is this is I'm very excited about this system. This all powered by the apocalypse system as far as like running super light, casual, fun games that get immediately to the action and skip all of the bookkeeping and the BS and all of that crap. I I, I just cannot wait to experience uh, 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 more of what the, the Powered by the Apocalypse system has to offer. I do think it's... I read that it was based on partially an older system called um, The Burning Wheel, but I, I I don't really know how much of that is 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 brought over or not, but it's 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 quite exciting to me. Anyway, all, all this to say, I'm just really excited about this powered by the apocalypse system. I'm excited to inflict it upon you this weekend. That's my plan. I I don't know if I want to run Dungeon World or just toss you into Root RPG. Either way, but it was my my six year old daughter's kind of first experience with a actual tabletop role playing game. Right, And I was a little concerned because I bought the book the other day and she looked through the playbooks and was like, I want to build a scoundrel. And she pretty much built like an arsonist 
<laughs> you know, like in her head. But when she sat down tonight to play, she wanted to be an adventurer, and she named and modeled it entirely off of her pet rat. So she was the anthropomorphized version of her pet rat. Nice. Going around doing adventures, and um, she had she had so much fun. She was she was she got, she gets in the game, and I'm trying to explain to her. I'm like, it's an imagination game. So you you pretend you pretend to be this person that you've made. And she's like, all right, I can do that. And we get in and she like, I'm like, okay, you know, you're in this clearing. You see these people. There's, there's a trader selling his goods out of a little cart. And there's a, there's a wood shop over here. And I had to explain to her what a wood shop is. And I go, there's a, there's a banker operating. And I had to explain to her what a banker does. And, mm-hmm. and she, she's like, why go up to him? And I say, hi. And I'm like, oh, well, they, they say, well, greetings. Good day, sir. Knight. How are you today? And then she goes, oh, they're so nice. She was like, like she was so excited how nice they were to her. Yeah. Um. And man, she went straight to the adventure, found it, went straight to the action, had a little minor side uh, event going on in the forest along the way, showed up in the clearing, snuck her way into a guard tower and just beat the shit out of this guard captain. <laughs> and by the end of it, she was standing up. And and shouting and miming sword swings. <laughs> she was like, I take him and I, and I slash at him. Um she was way into it. It's pretty and it awesome. was it was just a blast. I, I like I had her character. She like I literally had everything behind the screen with me running all of the numbers, you know. Um, because it's pretty light, but there's still some like you have different moves and things you need to know about. Um and so I just presented her with the the story function of it, and and she she had so, she had so much fun. She's super excited to like get back in the world and do do more adventuring. Nice, but yeah, so yeah, anyone looking for anyone that's into tabletop RPGs and wants something that like, hey, I'm sick of fussing with D and D rules or any tabletop RPG rules, and I just want something that literally only cares about the narrative that's happening. Powered by the apocalypse is is the system, man. It's 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 great. Then maybe I'll pick it up the next time I go because they had the root they had the root RPG. They had the two source books. Yeah. Um at the at the local shop that I go to regularly. Um, what I like I, about it is is because I mean I have all the root stuff, so I actually took out my my because I have the play mats. I took out my actual boards. And I put mm-hmm. I I rolled to name all of the different clearings, and I put my sticky note for each clearing on it, mm-hmm. and then to mark like who controls it, I put like oh the Marquita cat controls this clearing, and it's their home clearing. So I put a Marquita cat meeple there, and I put their little castle, um, yeah. you know, little marker there. Um, so if you have all the root stuff, it's super convenient to like build a nice game world map to play in, you know. Um, but yeah, highly recommend it. Um, I haven't gotten to play Dungeon World, but if you're like, hey, that sounds fun, but I don't want to be, you know, raccoons and foxes and stuff, um, and I want to just dungeon delve, then I feel like Dungeon World, it, it, it seems pretty good. It seems pretty real good. It's all very exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it sounds like a really good time, especially the way that your daughter had. I mean, it's, I'm glad that she had her first experience with an RBG. Oh, she has so much fun. And it was so a positive fun. experience. I it's um, funny. Um she she swung to kill the guy, but I didn't have him die because I'm like, it's a six year old. I don't I don't want to be like, you split his skull in twain. A spray of pink mist and gore showers you all over the room. You know, like I don't wanna <laughs> So I was just yeah. like, oh, yeah, no, he, he falls down and he's like, oh, please don't kill me. And her favorite part was that he cried and asked for mercy. <laughs> um, and then while she was Jesus. brushing her teeth, she invented another character named like Ratacat that eats people's turds and then made up a song about him. So, you know, the trials and tribulations of being six years old, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's gonna do us for tonight. Fine. Um, I know you. You know you had more to talk about. I got I more. More to talk about. Uh, but I think we'll save it for another episode. I'll forget. Um, huh? I'll forget. forget. It's gone. It's gone to the ether. It's forever you didn't write lost. Write notes that I saw your written notes. I'm gonna delete them right now. You're gonna delete your notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm out deleting of, them out of spite. As, 
<laughs> I don't have to tell you what I'm deleting them out of. I'm just going to delete them. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, uh, we do have a Facebook doc- uh, that you can go to, facebook.com slash Barbarians. Our Instagram, which once we get together and play more board games, I'll post photos for. Yes. Um, and that's at Board Game Barbarians. Um, I keep forgetting. We do have, is it is it pronounced Kofi? Coffee. Coffee? I think it's coffee. C-O-F-I. Oh. We don't have a Patreon. Um, we do have a Kofi. Coffee. Kofi. Coffee? Kofi. I feel Kofi like Kofi. it's it's also K-O-F-I, not not C-O. It's, it's yeah. K-O-F-I. Uh, I assume slash board game barbarians. Is that our, our thing? Yeah. I guess you could put a link Kofi. in the show description so that people don't have to, people don't have to I figure do have, it out. I do have a... a I do have it in there. Yes. You can click on that link if if the show provides value for you and you enjoy it, then uh, you can send Andrew a couple bucks to say thank you for all the hard work that he puts into uh, editing the show and putting the show out and making sure the yeah. show is recorded. And it's not anything that's required or anything that you that's know, required. suggested. No, you didn't, uh, you didn't, it's required. You didn't know that? Yeah. Now, if you're listening um, to this and you didn't d- donate, then you're stealing. It's theft. You're stealing from me. (laughs) No, we've just, we've had a couple people that have asked like how they can send me donations or something like that. And this is just a way that I didn't want to do like a monthly thing where you had to give me monthly payments. Um, This is more of just like, if you like the show and you want to support it in some way, there is a Kofi for it or a coffee or however you pronounce yeah. it. For people that don't know, uh, producing a podcast is not free. It doesn't cost zero dollars. So if you're making zero dollars, it's actually you're making negative money on a podcast because you have to pay for hosting. You have to worry about equipment. There's also time costs of editing and getting other people roped in and the actual recording like it. it, it, it it's not free. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so definitely not a requirement, but if you feel so inclined, there is an outlet for you now in order to give to the show if you would like to. Yeah. And the next episode um, is going to be an hour and a half long pledge drive episode. Yeah. Uh-oh. We trust Where? us. You don't like hearing about it. We don't like doing it. But uh... Oh, no. I'm having fucking flashbacks to PBS. <laughs> Holy shit. You don't like hearing about it. We don't like doing it. But yeah. uh, if that you want a, a nice tote bag community uh, reference there is that- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but definitely check us out please go check out justin at retrowarriors.net um, me out retrowarriors.net it's just where all the links and stuff are so you don't have to worry about like are. finding it on everything um if you like the banter that him and i have justin and i have just regularly you can give a dollar to his patreon and you get a show called talking wizards yeah uh, which is just us shooting the shit for an hour. Extremely heavily scripted banter. It takes yeah. hours in the Very, writing room. Yeah. I mean, we're just, we get together and we're like, <laughs> So much writing. Um, and then you can check me out on Cinema Rogues if you would like. It's me and a show that a guy and I do about movies. Yes. It sounded like you said a guy. His name is Guy. Yeah. His okay. name is Guy. Also, he's, he is, he is a also a guy. His, he's a guy yeah, named guy. His name is guy. It works out. All right. That's fine. You'll get Awkward there. Awkward moments aside, uh, remember what is best in life. It's board games. Board games. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>